1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go PowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
3: Welcome to the first ever PowerCat post-game review podcast. It's not really post-game because we're doing this on Sunday night, but Tim Fitzgerald and our football analyst at GPC, Brian Hanley, joining me from Texas. Ironically, he wasn't in town for the game. Yeah, he he fled, to, he fled Texas right when all the K-Staters showed up. But he is back, and he did get to see the game. I was on hand down at the Jerry Dome AT&T Stadium in Arlington. A smaller crowd than I thought, Brian. It was under 30,000 total, so probably about 25,000 K-Staters who were incredibly loud and active. But I bet the promoters lost a little money on this one.
4: Yeah, but you know what? I mean, with everything going on, I don't know how well Stanford travels. I mean, we did our part, clearly.
3: Oh, it was it was comical. It couldn't have been any more than the families. I mean from the yeah. judging from red shirts, couldn't be any more than football families oh man see that's 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 bad but you know
4: we we can only do our part we can only do our part k-state fans were super excited to go to the game so um you know we it was great
3: it was fun i mean i, I wasn't around the fans a lot because of you know what i do i get to the game and i go to the press box right but i had so many friends there so many people i know my hotel yep. had a player reunion so I was around a bunch of uh players that were even old by your standards and um you know foundation type era guys it was yep. it was great i mean and everyone had so much fun and best of all k state 24 stanford 7 and, Oof. and the score, Brian, doesn't really reflect to me how Kansas State controlled this game because I thought the Wildcats were phenomenal throughout. Just give me your overall thoughts before we kind of plunge into more details about Kansas State's performance.
4: I thought it was an extremely physical domination for K-State, yeah, we can, there's things that you can clean up, but you know what? You don't want to be too critical when you, you, you're you talking about a game like this because the guys played well. I thought the defense played fast. I thought the offensive line, which, you know, I'm an old offensive lineman. They they played physical, um, got good quarterback play. I mean, I, there's things we can clean up. Yes, the guys ran the ball hard, but it was just, to me, it was an overall Physical domination of Stanford, um, which was very, very good to see. It's a totally different team. Seems like we're we're light years and just night and day from last year. Just night and day difference.
3: Yeah, I was I was really impressed with K State. Not that they were perfect or they were outstanding. Because of that, against the measurement of what took place at the end of last year, in case they just ran out of gas, ran out of players, yep. ran out of enthusiasm for a pandemic season. And and I get it. I understand it. And it stunk, though, for you know, all the fans that... Not only watched K-State lose, but honestly, down the stretch, they were a bad, bad football team. But I knew this team had something different about it, and we've been picking up, and I keep saying vibe. I don't know how else to describe the kind of quiet confidence I was picking up from coaches and players and staff that we interact with. They know they're a pretty good football team, but they also know they have a lot to prove. Step one, they proved they're better than Stanford, which I thought going in to the game. I picked the Cats by 10, and it wasn't even nearly that close. Nope. Uh, I don't even know where to start here because there's so many so much stuff to talk about, but let's start where uh, you live, that offensive line, uh, and probably yeah. the area that they can clean up the most with penalties. There was holdings, and, and right. Christian, Christian Duffy didn't have a good day at the office. There's no, no way he to sugarcoat not. it, uh, and he's a really good offensive lineman, so I think that'll get corrected. Maybe it was just a matchup. But I thought overall the offensive line, uh, with the exception of a couple blitzes they didn't quite pick up, did a great job developing the run game and protecting Skyler. And then, you know, there was that completion in the first half where Skyler had five minutes to run around until they found Philip Brooks way downfield. It was a really nice day for the offensive line and a great first game.
4: Yeah, they, they played, they played physical and that's all you can ask is for them to play physical. Just do the things that they need to do to, to, to succeed. They ran the ball. Well, there were some times, you know, some of the things, you know, trying to run side to side, but I thought that was a little bit more play calling, but when we wanted to run downhill, we were able to run downhill. Got plenty of pass protection. I mean, like you said, that first pass, I mean, he had all, And you know, they have all day when they're able to set. Okay. I'm going to scramble. You know what? I'm going to take a look. No, I don't need to go anywhere because I've got a perfectly good pocket. I'm going to sit right here and throw this football. And that's what you need. That is the great sign, great sign of quarterback maturity. Number one and two offensive line that is doing their job. And they did their job. They played well. Uh, it was really good to see. I mean, like I said, the stats, I mean, it, it's not like we had these crazy stats, but we ran the ball for 200 yards. You know, and when you're running the football that well and and you're just physically just dominating them up front. I mean, again, Stanford, I think actually does have a pretty good defensive line. I think they do, but we outmatched them. We just outmatched them. It was great. So it was good to see a good first game. I don't want to get too, you know, overexcited, but at the same time, be excited. I mean, we played well. We played well.
3: Kansas State did rush for 200 yards on 31 carries, six and a half yards a tote. They only threw the ball 14 times. I thought that was interesting. Nine completions for Skyler, the one interception on the first drive, which was painful because K-State just kind of eased down the field and I credit the defensive back as much as anything to make a great play on that. Total offensive yards, 344 for Kansas State, 233 for the Cardinal. A very reserved offensive performance. And, yep. you know, I had, I had some people <clears throat> actually complain about, they let up off the gas. And my thought was, I didn't see a reason to keep on the gas. And I know, nope. I know there's a theory out there. You don't want to let someone back in the game. I feel like if Stanford had shown any sign of getting back in the game, they would have stepped on the gas and opened it back up. And um I, I just think they were just being very reserved on offense. They didn't need to show much. They stayed pretty basic even when they scored the 10 points in the second half. It was just pretty much basic football. Let's let's not open up this playbook. Let's just beat them with what we got and get out of here.
4: Yeah, I I didn't think like I said, we could have been more dynamic. We could have done some more things, but there were a couple drop balls, penalties, killed a drive, interception on the first drive could I mean that was easily points, whether it's a field goal or another touchdown. But it was just I mean, people are going to be upset and say certain things because we didn't just dominate them. And, And to be honest, you know, midway through the third quarter, I'm thinking this game, we should have 21, 24, 28 points. And it was still 14 nothing. I'm thinking, okay, what are we going to do? But, again, it's just what you said. There were no signs of Stanford getting back into the football game at that point. There just wasn't because the defense was doing their job. So the offense, you know, they they, they just did their job. It's okay. It's okay. I know we want to score 50 points a game, but you know what? If we win every game 24-7, to 7, I'm going to bet everybody's going to be happy. So <laughs> it, it was fine. It was fine.
3: Yeah, 24-7 in a national title. Be okay. There you go. Not not that we're setting the the goal too high here. Skylar Thompson, nine of fourteen. The one pick, one hundred and forty-four yards. Had a long of completion of fifty-six. I believe. I assume that was the Brooks completion. Yeah, it was. Sacked three times. Give me your thoughts on how Skylar Thompson played.
4: I thought he did well. I I thought the the pick was a great but it was a bad throw. I mean, it's a corner out and he threw it to the inside and a corner out. You can't do that. At, at the same time, the corner made a great play to even catch the football. So, I mean, it was just, you know, it is what it is. There's still some of those things that you saw that, that frustrate you, but he, he didn't make a bad, you know, the bad turnover, you know, he didn't, he didn't cost us anything. He just played within himself and did his job and, you know, took things that were there. And again, it's sometimes a can be a little bit more difficult when, you know, you're, you're just going out there playing, doing your job. You're not having to, the offense is is kind of tailored to, to the game, so to speak, like, you know what, we're just going to do this. We're able to move the football without having to do too many things. And if it doesn't require your quarterback to throw the ball 30 times, then there's really no need for your quarterback to throw the ball 30 times.
3: Do they have to be careful even when being conservative that, they they didn't throw the ball very often, but they also didn't target receivers very often. And that's what we saw last year. Phillip Brooks with three catches for 81. Malik Knowles, two for 13. Malik had a couple carries that really helped out K-State. The other four catches in the game, two by Daniel Baby. And two by Deuce Vaughan. So, again, I expect them to be diverse in who they throw the ball to and spray it around. But when you're only throwing it 14 times, I, I, I do worry about disgruntled receivers.
4: Correct. Correct. I mean, the receivers are, I mean, if you're going to throw the ball, you throw the ball down the field, you're going to have to throw it down the field. some. you know, that's just what's going to happen. And you can't just throw it to tight ends. You got to throw it to, to receivers and all that stuff. So hopefully that's in the game plan in the future, because like you said, last year, I mean, they just didn't do that. And if receivers going to get disgruntled, I mean, we were handing the ball off. We were moving the football and you wanted to win the game. But at the same time, you got to throw the ball. I mean, to be able to win in the big 12, got to throw the ball down the field to receivers. You just have to do that. So, I suspect that that's going to become a bigger part of the game plan, and actually, I think it's going to be a bigger part of the game plan coming this week, Tim. Because although it's a Southern Illinois team, and you know, and they're they're good. Don't get me wrong; they're not just some pushover. They, obviously, it's a game K State should win. You got to start working that stuff into the game versus just practice. I agree. And this is one of those opportunities where you can work on those things in a game and throwing the ball to your receivers down the field a little
3: bit. Southern Illinois absolutely smoked Southeast Missouri in their opener. So they'll come in feeling good about themselves and they beat North Dakota yep. state in the spring season of the FCS level, uh, this past year or yep. earlier this year, I guess. So this is a pretty good team. And, and I think they'll, they'll give, uh, the K-State defense a good test. It, it will be interesting. Skylar Thompson running the ball. Now, first of all, I want to say one of the things I don't like about how college Stats are compiled as they they hang the sack yardage on the quarterback and added into their rush. So it's really not fair on the stats. Skylar ran 10 times for 33 yards. In reality, he ran the ball seven times for 54 yards. Those are two two different things. That's wildly different. I thought he was really good when he wanted to run the ball. I saw one time where he was a little bit hesitant running the ball and they tracked him down, but on his first touchdown, very definitive, absolutely trucked the same cornerback. He, (laughs) <laughs> through the interception too, uh, yes. which he said after the game, he didn't realize at the time. And then his second touchdown was beautiful. I mean, it's just typical yep. Skyler really reading the defense and getting into the open field and just picking his way into the end zone. Skyler Thompson is a sneaky running threat for K state. And it's really not the touchdowns that I love the most from him. It's those third and fives when he doesn't yep. have a receiver and he turns it into a first down. That is huge, and he did it a few times.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's again, showing a six year senior, knowing what he needs to do, knowing what he's capable of. Hey, guys aren't open down the field. Let's just get a first down and let's keep the sticks going versus trying to force something. You know, you don't, especially when you don't have to, you don't have to force anything. The game's going pretty well. Um, Just keep, just keep the chains moving. Keep drives alive. I thought he did an excellent job. I mean, for, it was a good game. I mean, it just was. It was a good game. He played a good game. I know there wasn't a ton of of stats. You know, he didn't throw for 300 yards. He didn't throw for for four touchdowns or anything, but he played a good game. He just did.
3: Deuce Vaughn, 13 carries, a net of 124 yards for an average of nine and a half yards a carry. Granted, the numbers get blown up by that 59-yard touchdown run. That was just a thing of beauty, uh, the yeah. way he split the defense and then just just took off. Malik Knowles, with those two carries for a total of 35 yards, really effective and helped K-State. But you just mentioned it. The, the thing that is most shocking about Kansas State's stats, the fact that they, they won this game and they only had a total of 45 offensive plays for 344 yep. yards. So they averaged 7.6 yards a play. Stanford actually had 52 plays, only 233 yards for four and a half yards of play. And Stanford won the time of possessions basically 33 to 27. I think this coaching staff wants to make sure this week it is working time of possession a little bit better. They, it, I, You can't help but score quickly sometimes, but they also had some times to prolong drives and they didn't get it done. And that has to get done. Correct. Correct.
4: That was the the thing that you could say. It's so like I mentioned earlier, you know, midway through the third quarter, we only have 14 one turnover. It's not like we had like six turnovers or anything, you know, we were getting paid. We had a couple of penalties and stalled drives and stuff like that. It's like, Hey, you know, we, we got to be able to sustain drives and, and have the time of possession, because that's going to be the key for our season is time of possession and sustaining drives. So, especially with an offensive line that at least after the first game looks like they're very, they're going to be a, a, a much better unit than what they were last year. So I think they are absolutely going to, and again, this is another game. Again, we're going to have to play to win this week. Don't get me wrong. We're going to have to play to win. Southern Illinois is, is a good team, but these are things that we can work on this week. Um, and just like you say, you can't help scoring quick, but there's times when you're not scoring quick that you can work sustained drives and just, you know, Keep possessions alive and go that direction. I think that's something they'll definitely need to do this week.
3: offensive line. I thought Noah Johnson was really good at center. Josh Revis was yep. really good at left guard and and then cooper Beebe uh, now he's moved out to left tackle he's not a tackle i mean right. he's he's uh doesn't have the long arms long body you typically want out there. This kid is a warrior. I mean, yep. that, that this is such a skilled offensive lineman. They are playing him out of position for two years in a row, and he's still one of the best offensive linemen with the least amount of experience that K-State is putting on the field. It's incredible. I am just blown away by that young man.
4: Yeah. I mean, it, it's absolutely – I mean, just to watch it. And you know, it's just like you said. You can look at him and say, this is not a left tackle. But you know what, the guy's going out there and he is just just ripping it, just busting it, doing the things that you want an offensive lineman to do. It's not glamorous and the position isn't glamorous. The left tackle can be a little bit from time to time, but at the same time, he's going out there and doing his thing. Uh, And I think it shows. The offensive line has just gotten better. And it's kind of what I mentioned, you know, in our talk that we had earlier in the week is, they can't help but to be better with all the guys that they have brought back. They just can't. And so the guys got better. Having a spring counts. People th- that don't think that it's that big of a deal, a spring practice is huge, especially for offensive linemen. And it shows. And those guys, it's only going to get better. Again, one game, don't want to get too excited. But, you know, again, as I always say, Be excited for that game. The guys played well. It was great.
3: I know we keep saying that. And you really can't judge a team fairly by that first game. We saw some really good football teams not play well in week one. We saw it from K-State last year. I don't know if they were a really good football team, but they played lousy against Arkansas State and opened up the door to defeat. And – So you turn around and then they beat Oklahoma and it seems not to mean anything, but by season's end, it boiled out that Kansas state was a pretty average football team last year. I I look at this team on Saturday and I, I was like, this is a, this seems more like a Chris Kleiman team. The teams I saw when I started watching some North Dakota state film, that were just efficient, you know, maybe not overly flashy. They just beat you. They beat you up front. K State absolutely owned the line of scrimmage going both ways. It just felt like a climbing team. And, yep. and, I know people are worried about the offense, and look, this isn't going to be an offense that you want to get into with a sh- in a shootout. You just don't you don't want to be in a shootout with this offense because I, I just don't think they have enough receiving weapons and and those type of things. But I think right. if if K State starts learning to play time of possession and keep away. They're, they're just going to be a nightmare. Uh, they, I just think this offense has a not another gear, three or four gears it can put out there. They're not a 60-point-a-game team. Like I just said, this is going to be just an, an efficient offense, and it's got to cut down on the penalties, killed them, and that turnover was huge. Or without that turnover, Brian, that interception on that first drive, this is absolutely a blowout. From yep. the very get go, it was the only thing yep. that saved some face for Stanford. That and the ending, finally getting into the end zone and making twenty four nothing twenty four seven. But this was this was a blowout that just didn't look like it.
4: Correct. It was just one of those games where I mean, I mean, you could just watch it and you just okay, and, and they they can't move the ball, they can't do anything. Another team is is moving it at will. Some they're killing themselves with penalties, you know, and, and not sustaining those type of drives. But at the same time, K State, I mean, it, I didn't think the game was ever in doubt. I mean, I know people, I mean, the game was close in the middle of the third quarter and they could have got back into it, but it, this just looked like a game of it, just what you said, a Chris climbing type of team. We're going to go out there. We're going to do our job. We're going to play physical. Offense side of the football. And again, we don't need, if, we're, if our defense is going to play like this, the offense, just do your job. Just don't turn it over. Don't get any penalties. Just play efficient football and we will be fine. We will be fine. And I think that's what we kind of found out. Um, again, I don't really know. How, I think that Stanford does have a really good defensive line. I, I think they do, because you can see some of those guys, especially when we tried to run side to side, they were pretty athletic. So I think they actually have a decent defensive line, but we took advantage of the things we needed to take advantage of. And again, it was still week one. You know, we, It's not like we have to be perfect week one, and we weren't but it was absolutely enough to dominate this football game.
3: That will do it for the first half of the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast. Brian Hanley and I will return right after this short break. And as we go to break, let's hear from Chris Kleiman. Because Kansas State did something fascinating in the game, and we knew they would probably run some different defenses, including three-man fronts. But Coach Kleiman and Joe Klanderman, the defensive coordinator, opted to run that three-man front for most of the game. And here's exactly what Coach Chris Kleiman said about that.
0: We've been working on that for eight months. And uh, it was no secret we needed to be better on defense this year. And uh, we worked both our four down and our three down the entire spring and just kind of learned the, th- the three down from some people that uh, I'm pretty close to in the profession and uh, dug into it more as we had spring ball. Uh, learned like some things uh, were able to get uh, TJ and Russ and either Ross Elder or j in the game at the same time uh, and then worked it extensively again in the uh, uh, fall camp with our four down and we had Two packages ready to go, and we ran a little bit of. We started in three down, flipped to four down, um, and had some success there. Um, but as the game wore on, the kids felt more comfortable uh, in some of the three down stuff, and so we'll continue to be both because I think we have the ability. Because we have a lot of good defensive linemen, and so um, it was uh, it was fun to watch those kids embrace that and play hard.
1: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
3: Welcome back to the PowerCat Post Game Review Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley, our Go PowerCat football analyst, here to recap what we saw from Saturday's twenty-four-seven Kansas State victory over Stanford. Now let's hear from Coach Chris Kleiman one more time about his team's performance.
0: We started fast, um, had had a big drive and, and, and turned the ball over, but I thought it was a sign of something that we have pretty good uh, um, skilled kids and, and we were able to protect, do some good things, and their kid made a good play. But we were able to get off the field, and that's something we weren't able to do uh, for a while, and we were able to get off the field on defense. Even when they would make some plays and flip the field and get a few first downs, we were able to find a way to get a couple sacks or whatever it may be, or win in the red zone. Um, and so I, I thought we started fast. The, the uh, Coming out in the second half, I, I we need to be a better second half football team. And um, uh, give those guys credit. I thought Stanford made a lot of really good adjustments for their defense. And they pressured us a lot more to start the second half. We had a tough time getting into rhythm in the third quarter. But we were able to hang in there defensively by making some plays. We had a big pick. Uh, and we just were never, we never gave up the explosive play. And that's something that we've been talking at nauseum about, is, is the explosive play that, that hurt us so much. We got, We have to do a great job of preventing those and we did
3: okay let's turn our attention to something a little bit different here i love david shaw i think he's a great football coach i have utmost respect for him i think he's done a marvelous job at a place where it's really tough to recruit because of the academic standards it's it's so it's so tough brian that you and i couldn't have gotten in and let's be Uh, honest that's that's a high standard um but I thought he made some really strange decisions down the stretch and he did. Let's, let's start with this one. It, it's 14, nothing K-State. They're still in the game and granted it's in the what, third or fourth quarter. I don't even fourth quarter. It's in and, and I'm thinking one more score. You make this a three score game and it's just out of question. K-State's at the 21 yard line, Stanford's 21 yard line. Joe Irvin's taken down for a three yard loss on second down. He opted for, uh, to go for at third and 13 and decline a holding penalty instead of backing K-State up to make it, you know, seven or second and 20. Yep. They pick up three more yards. They kick the field goal. I just thought, what do you back them up and try to get your defense to stop them and turn this 40 yard field goal into a 45 or 50 yard field goal with a brand new kicker. I like my chances if I do that, and he didn't do that. He declined the penalty. K State kicks a field goal, seventeen nothing. Yeah, yeah.
4: It, it was just interesting. Some of those things, and that that was one. I mean, I was like I said, we were watching the game. I was watching with a friend, and I was just like, why did he not accept? It, it yeah. just that was a weird one. That was a weird one when he didn't accept the penalty, and just you know, you see coaches like that. They always accept that penalty, always, especially in a game that close. You know, and just move them back, make the field goal longer. If he makes it, he makes it. But at least make it more difficult, give you guys a a better chance. But I don't know. I don't know. It was odd.
3: It was almost like he was saying, our defense can't hold up for two more downs. Uh, Let's get it to the third down and hope we hold them. It was just very strange, but not as strange as being down 24 to nothing which is 3 times 8 and as soon as you score a touchdown <laughs> you yep. you kick the extra point. Now I'm informed that the little handy dandy chart that the coaches carry around say you kick that extra point. I don't care what that chart says. I That's understand right. math. That's and right. 3 this. times 8 means you have an opportunity to score three times with two-point conversions and tie the game or yep. you can score four times. <laughs>
5: yeah,
4: so, I don't know.
3: So they don't, and then they onside kick it. I'm like,
4: what yep. are you doing? <laughs> it's like, okay, so we're going to kick the extra point and which is basically saying, okay, we give, but then you take an onside kick. So you don't give I'm like, what, what I, I don't know it was odd, it was odd, but I don't know, and maybe again, coaches get too caught up in that chart because I mean, I don't. It, it's, that chart doesn't know emotion, they don't know, it doesn't know momentum, it doesn't know any of those things. And when you stick to that enough, I mean the whole analytics thing, well you got to love analytics sometimes, but analytics gets in the way of football so often is just mind numbing. So, And this is one of those times.
3: Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, you know, Joe Klanderman mentioned he was moving down to the field this season so he could be closer to the, the feel of the game because he was getting too analytical up in the press box. I thought that was yep. really, really interesting. And this yep. one I, I absolutely loved. At the end of the game, K-State is facing what, a fourth and two um, with 32 seconds left in the game and instead of punting, Chris Kleiman and his team decides we're going to go for this we we're, right. we're going to do it Deuce Vaughn picks up 4 yards they they run it out with the offense on the field with dignity instead of trying to stop a Hail Mary I loved it Chris Kleiman said no nope, we're you know most coaches would would punt it out of bounds or something here we're going to we're going to just win this with the offense on the field
4: yep I loved it that's a loved message it yes it does absolutely sent a message sent the message hey guys we're in this thing to win it we are going to be the more physical football team every week i thought it was excellent i I mean you you don't see that often it's kind of what you said just punt it out of bounds whatever run out the clock nope we are not doing that we're running this football just show that we need business we've dominated this football game i'm on the very last play of the football game We're going to show you that we're still dominating this football game. Loved it. Absolutely loved it.
3: Okay. Let's get to the stars of the game. As much as we've talked about the offense and the easy win, this was about defense. This game was a thing of beauty from Joe Klanderman in this defense. They gave up a total of 233 yards in the game. They only gave up 39 rushing yards on 22 attempts from a Stanford team that absolutely positively Definitively wants to run the ball and, as we found out, needs to run the ball to open up the game for him. That was a brilliant performance by those players. But I also thought, Joe Klanderman, credit to you, and we'll get into some of the changes they made, but you had your team mentally and physically ready to play fast, hard, and smart.
4: Absolutely. Defensive line, everybody. Everybody. I mean, starts up front defensive line, literally controlled the line of scrimmage. I know that's a cliche and people say that from time to time. No, no, no. They literally owned the line of scrimmage loved every second of it, just physical football guys running around defensive backs, making plays. I mean, it was literally a thing of beauty and I don't care about that last touchdown. I would have loved to shut out You know, that was a garbage touchdown. You know, it didn't mean anything. And I know the guys would have loved the shutout. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, the guy, I mean, the defense dominated the football game. Let's let's just not just, you know, mince words. They dominated the football game.
3: It looked really old school, but also it was a completely different look. And this is what stunned a lot of people. Now, in leading up to the season, we knew they were doing different things on defense. We knew they were using three linebackers a lot more than they had in the past. And we knew they were playing around with three man fronts, although we didn't really talk about it a whole lot um, other than hints. But I got to say this they came out in a three man front, they came out with uh, Jalen Pickle playing a defensive end spot, um, and yep. Eli Huggins at nose tackle. And uh, I, I got to admit something here. I never saw them playing that much three-man, and let alone in a three-three-five, which we're seeing a lot more in the Big 12. It's something Baylor yep. and Iowa State have used, and um, Chris Kleiman learned from it. Brian, I was stunned by how much three-man front they used and how good they ran it. It was impressive. Yes.
4: Well, that's the thing. It's one thing to run it. It's another thing to be effective, and they were. They were. I mean, got pressure. I mean, how many times did they get pressure, Tim, with three-man front on passing downs with a three-man front? How many times did they actually just get pressure, get a sack? I mean, it was a ton. I mean, it was a just a great thing to see. I'm like, okay, these guys are playing really physical football and people are flying around getting to the football. I'm like, you know what? If if we're going to do this and this is how we're going to play all year, we're going to be at every football game, yep. every football game. Again, one game, first game. And it, it, yes, I understand Stanford quarterback play was atrocious at yep. best, but it, I mean, but we can only do what we do. I mean, you can only do what you do against who you play. And this is who we were playing, and they dominated the football game. Uh, And I'm not opposed to a 3-3-5 look. I'm just not opposed to it. It's tough when you get against a running team, but it didn't seem to be tough against this running team because it's just what you said. Stanford wants to run the football, and they couldn't run the football. They just couldn't do it. It was something else.
3: So let's put this in context for everyone. (laughs) Kansas State essentially took a defensive end off the field. Uh, Correct and put a strong side Sam linebacker. They have a different name for it in the system on the field, and we're talking like Wayne Jones. We're you know we're yep. talking a, a a safety basically. Safety. Ryan Henington was in there a lot at that spot, so you yep. replace a defensive end, a physical guy with a another safety. It was almost like having six D backs back there, and it just goes to show you that as much. Um, Football is a physical battle, a will to try to win that line of scrimmage. Also, if you play really fast and play hard and play smart – You can win the line of scrimmage with smaller bodies, and that's what K-State did. It was rare that a guy had to make an open field tackle. It was rare when he only had one teammate. They were gang tackling all over the place, and dude, that just seems so old school to me. Brian, it just brought back great memories, and Brian, they were throwing up the lynch mob sign. Did you catch that? They were. (laughs) They were. Now, they call it the mob now. They've gone with mob mentality for political reasons. I get it. I understand it. But there's something about that that rings home to K-Staters, and I loved it.
4: You know, guys were flying around playing physical. And this is what you get, Tim, when you get – Healthy, you get a little bit of depth. Guys can run around, they can go make plays. And also, when you simplify things a little bit, you know, and even if the scheme is a little complex, but it's hey, you know what? We got a lot of fast guys out here. This is what I want you to do. When you simplify it, or like I said, even with the complex, it, you things can change when guys are fast. And as long as you're fast and you're running hard and doing those types of things. Then the, I mean, on a defensive side of the football, good things are going to happen. Now you get a good, good, good quarterback play. Things are going to change a little bit, but you know what? We got pressure. We got pressure, Tim. And when you get pressure, that I mean, you can have average defensive backs. And things are, are gonna work out in your favor. So as long as we keep getting push and pressure up front, those guys on the back end are super fat. They're gonna yeah. keep making plays. I like what I see. It, it'll with the competition level goes up, things are gonna be a little bit more difficult, but that's okay. Yep. We're gonna get better too. So it's gonna, I, I loved it. Love to see that physical comeback, that physical play comeback. We need that at K-State. I mean, it's a staple. We need that.
3: So, let's going back to Tuesday at the the weekly press conference. <laughs> This was great, and it all makes sense now. We get the depth chart, and the depth chart has three linebackers on it. And so I feel like they almost like hung something out there for us to look at, and like, hey, this is different, and so that it distracted us from what was really going on, which wasn't three linebackers, which they used. It was the three man front. So Eli Huggins come in comes in, and by the way, we'll get to this. I thought he was incredible in this game. And so he and Timmy Horn are listed as the two defensive tackles on the four-man front of the depth chart. And I just for clarity, I ask Eli which one of you is the nose tackle technically in the defense, and which one's the the three technique. And, and Eli looks at me and goes, "We're both playing nose tackle," and smiles. And it made no sense to me. It just didn't. I didn't think he was talking about the three-man front at that time. And as soon as he lined up, I'm like, "Son of a gun." He he wasn't (laughs) lying to me because for all they said about Timmy Horn, he didn't start the game. He was the backup nose tackle to Eli Huggins. But those two dudes ruled the day in the middle. And Timmy Horn was as advertised. He was taking big physical, and that's what this Pac-12 team likes to do. Stanford likes to have big linemen that can own the line of scrimmage. And he was shoving them straight back into the backfield. Oh, man, it was beautiful to watch.
4: Yes, it was. Yes,
3: it was.
4: Uh, those guys. I mean, again, if we're going to get that kind of play by from our defensive line, the K-State is going to win a lot of football games this year. That, that, I mean, there's just no if ands or buts about it. If they are going to, if we're going to get that kind of play from our defensive front, then we are going to win a lot of football games. When you can control the line of scrimmage against a team that wants to run it, that, that is literally what they're built on is we're running the football and we, it's not like we brought like eight guys or seven guys and we didn't, weren't running all these outlandish blitzes either. It was the front guys were controlling the line of scrimmage and then guys running around making plays. So excellent to see it it getting back to K state football. When you had those guys up front that dominated, it was awesome.
3: They brought in Timmy Horn as a transfer. um, And then a group of guys on the back end, and I thought they all, they all were good. Julius Brinks yep. was outstanding at corner. Rush Yeast made plays at safety and even Stubblefield uh, got beat off the line of scrimmage by a receiver and made a huge pass breakup. Just when Stanford yep. had a window in which they might be able to make a play and the quarterback actually threw a really nice pass, but he got his hand up there and broke up the pass. They helped themselves so much on the defensive side with, with the transfer portal. I'm astonished, and now I understand why Chris Kleiman is talking about using 10 spots a year in his recruiting classes for Transfer Portal. They went and found guys from all over the place that could help Kansas State. Doesn't matter if they were coming from FCS or the Big Ten or somewhere else. These guys all pitched in and helped out. It was it was beautiful to watch.
4: You know, that's the thing. you got to adjust. And this whole Transfer Portal, I know people dislike it. Look, it's here. It's here to stay, if it's, and if it's going to be here, then continue. Just use it to your advantage. There's guys everywhere that we can find. There's going to be guys everywhere. So you got to use those things to your advantage. It's just And they brought them in, and those guys played well. It's going to be a recruiting tool for, I mean, you see other teams use it. K-State has got to be one of those teams that use it. It's just like when Coach Snyder used to use the JUCO route to get guys in here. This is another tool that we can use. Uh, Guys came up, they played well, thought it was, I mean, what can you say? I mean, mean, the guys were making plays all over the football field, and this is where we needed help. They were able to bring in that help, and after the first game of the season, those
3: guys played well. Let's not forget that Sincere Mason, who also saw time in the back end as a Transfer from Kennesaw State a couple years ago, so they really have used that to their advantage. Linebackers, I I, I thought Daniel Green was, I mean, he ran to be Josh Buell at times. He was running around making so many plays. Uh, yep. Had had the personal foul late. Uh, I thought it was a good call. Uh, he ducked his crown of his helmet. I I don't disagree with the call. I, I don't like the rule where you have to miss the next game, but, or the next half of the game, but you know, so be it. And uh, Cody Fletcher was also really, really good. If they stay healthy, those two stay healthy. I think K state's going to be okay, but I continue to worry about the backups a little bit.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, depth is always an issue um, with everybody. I mean, you know, or it can be an issue. It's been an issue with us. Um, Got to stay healthy, but and, and those guys did play well, so we'll see what happens. Again, another game to where if we play well early and put this one away early coming up this week, then we can get backups into the game and see what, you know, get those guys valuable, valuable experience. This is one of those games where we can do that. Again, not trying to take Southern Illinois lightly because they are a good football team, k they should win this one, we've got to be able to build depth. And, and it's one thing to build it. Like I mentioned earlier, you can build it and, and practice. There's nothing that gets you better for football than playing football. And mm-hmm. getting quality depth in games and getting in-game experience is invaluable. Yeah, Invaluable. So hopefully that can happen for us this week.
3: As we start to wind down here, I'm going to put you on the spot. How good or bad is Stanford?
4: Stanford's not good. No. Let me take that back Tim. Their quarterback play, as I mentioned before oh, is man. atrocious at best. Yeah, was bad. And if your quarterback play is atrocious, you can't, you do not have a good football team. No. You just don't. So, I mean, even if your offensive line could be the best offensive line in the country. But if nobody has to respect the pass, then I mean, what difference does it make? You know, guys, they will just crowd the line of scrimmage. And not that we had to do that. It was just their their quarterback play is is, is terrible, Tim. It was bad.
3: They go to And USC. I hate saying
4: it like that about college kids, but my
3: goodness they go to USC this upcoming weekend and then they get Vanderbilt, which is awful. Uh, So maybe they'll get a win there, but they might be a one and 11 team. Uh, They'll probably eke out a couple of the wins in the PAC 12. I mean, Cal lost to Nevada, which isn't a K state opponent coming up here in two weeks. So I, I just, I wasn't blown away by anything I saw from the PAC 12, maybe other than UCLA beating LSU, which caught me off guard. Right. But overall the big 12, I I believe it was nine and one. Um, but not overly impressive in the course of winning those games. I mean, Kansas had a squeak out a win. Uh, I thought West Virginia just—they just left that door open for Maryland to win, and Maryland did, got it done. I mean, Oklahoma struggled. Texas had issues. Iowa State really struggled with Northern Iowa. I think coming out of Week One, even understanding that I've already said Week One could be misleading. I thought Kansas state considering the, the level of opponent looked as good as anyone in this conference. And it's very hopeful.
4: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Week one. I know that we get week one jitters and it's, you know, you, and I was one of those guys last year, just, I literally jumped off the bridge, just jumped right off the bridge after the first game. Having said that it's, you can't, you just can't do that because it's just like it, the old cliche, You get so much better from one from the first week to the second week. You just get because you've played a game. You look at the film, get all the jitters out, all these different things. It's just, I think that K State played very well. I think the other teams will get better, Uh, but their competition. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I know Stanford's not that good, but. K-State dominated the football game. The other teams didn't dominate those football games. We did. And so when you dominate a football game the way that we did, it's hard to look back and say, you know what? I don't think he's saying, well, maybe they're not going to be so good, blah, 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 blah. We're going to be a good football team this year. I, I just, I said that before the season. I'm saying after week one, We are going to be a good football team. We're going to be in the thick of this, Tim. We're going to be in the thick of this. As long as we can stay healthy, knock on wood, we're going to be in this. We're going to be in this fight. It's good to see.
3: Very good. And his name's Brian Hanley. He was an offensive lineman at Kansas State in 97 and 98. Now he's our football analyst for gopowercat.com. Brian, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you. You bet. As we close up this edition, first ever, of the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast, well, here is Skylar Thompson, a, a young journalist. And I don't know if he was a student journalist or what, asked a pretty simple question, but he kept it simple, which is a good thing to do as a asking questions about how Skylar felt when he scored that first touchdown after coming back from that pectoralis injury last year and absolutely running over a Stanford player in the process. And boy, did Skylar give an answer. And let's close it out. Hear him from Sky 7 as I like to call him, Skyler Thompson.
5: Yeah, it was exciting. Um there's a lot that went into that touchdown and a lot that people you know didn't see and a lot of time spent on my own um you know some hard times <laughs> and 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 being alone and it's a lot of thoughts and <clears throat> hard work um that I prepared for a moment like that to, to come back and, and have a have a big time play like that and to see you know the fruit fall from the tree in in the midst of a situation that once seemed very dark and uh, And in stormy, you know to see to see the fruit fall from the tree see the sunshine a little bit and have a little you know, be able to take a deep breath, you know, it, it, it all worked out and everything happened for a reason. And being able to see that happen, you know, firsthand is, is a blessing and, and I'm very grateful. And just, I had so much fun with my teammates today and, and getting out there with those guys. That, that's what meant the most to me.
2: Thank you for listening to the Cat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road